Hello everyone, this is Mrs. G's Storytime, and we are reading The Secret at Pheasant Cottage by Patricia Sengen, with permission of Moody Publishing Company, and we are on Chapter 2, Guide Camp. Those five years passed very quickly, and life was happy and exciting. I loved living in the countryside and watching the changing of the seasons. I never much minded being an only child, or not doing the things that other children did. Sometimes when the girls at school laughed at me because I'd never seen the sea, I would grow restless and wonder whether I would ever travel or do anything different from going to school, coming home, or going to church on Sundays. I did not see how I could, really, because my grandparents were growing older every year, and Grandpa, who had been head gardener at the castle in the nearby Eastwood estate for 30 years, only had a small pension. They were perfectly content to remain in their cottage, and apart from occasionally visiting relatives in Birmingham, they had no wish to take holidays, and could not in any case because of having to look after the chickens. But except when my friends made fun of me, I was content, too, content to play in the woods and climb the hills and to read and to scribble stories about children who went on long journeys and traveled to all the countries I learned about in geography lessons. I had my own jobs to do in the cottage and the garden, too, and the days never seemed long enough. Sometimes my best friend Mary came to spend the day, and I would take her on to the estates. But Mary was a sturdy, practical child who preferred to arrive somewhere than just to wonder. She would often say, Where are we going, Lucy? Which really annoyed me. My unchanging reply probably annoyed her, too. We're not going anywhere. We're just walking. And after a time, we would turn back and play games in the garden. I really liked Mary, but she belonged to my school world, and my woods and countryside bored her. But for my, all my happy childhood memories, one event stands out, clear and unforgettable, and that is the Whitson Guide Camp in Klotzwald, where I was 11 when I was 11 years old. When Gran told Captain that I could go, I was so excited I could hardly sleep for two nights. And when we actually set off in the bus with our knapsacks and beddings, I could hardly speak. I sat squeezing my clasped hands between my knees, bottling up all my joy because living with elderly people had made me a rather quiet child. But gradually, as we traveled for hours through the leafy lanes, I relaxed. We sang, we chattered, we giggled, we ate sandwiches, drank lemonade out of bottles, and there we were, high on a hill at the edge of a great beech wood overlooking Gloucester's Plain and Captain and Lieutenant were showing us where to put up our tents and how to light a fire. That holiday was everything that I had hoped it would be. I shared a tent with Mary, and every waking hour was thrilling, from the moment we crawled out into the sweet-smelling morning to the moment we snuggled into our bed sleeping bags in the dark, shrieking in pretend terror when the owls hooted in the woods behind us. But I remember, what I, but I remember most vividly the early morning when I woke before everyone else, and slipping onto my ju my jumper and shoes, crept out into the waking world. The sun had not risen long, and a cuckoo called from the breaches. Captain was up and wondering about, and she saw me. Lucy, she said, would you like to dress and take a message to the farm for me? Straight through the woods and climb over the stile across the hayfield, and you'll find the farmers milking the cows. Ask them to save us 15 fresh eggs, and we'll fetch them later. I was slipping on my dress when Mary's tousled head appeared out of her sleeping bag. She winked at, blinked at me. 
What are you doing, she yawned. Shall I come too? No, no, I replied hurriedly. I won't be long. I've got to go to the farm with the message. I've got to go now, at once. You can come and meet me if you like. I shot outside, for this was my special expedition, and I had to go alone. I ran through the sunlit wood, climbed over the stile, and saw the hayfield, a tousled mess of wellflowers, all sparkling with dew. I went mad. I flung my shoes backwards over the stall and leaped in and danced barefoot along the path, the flowers tickling my legs. I laughed and clapped my hands, carried away with the joy of being alive on such a morning, loving the feel of the cold grass against my toes. And then, having delivered my message, I turned back and walked more slowly, wanting this hour to last and last. But it was not to be. Mary was trotting trotting towards me, and by the look on her face, I knew she had a secret to tell me. Lucy, she began mysteriously, do you know what? What, I answered. Well, I came to meet you through the wood, and Captain and Lieutenant were standing by the stile. So what? Well, they saw you. I don't care. Yes, but Lucy, they talked about you. I heard them. They didn't see me, because I waited behind a tree, and I heard them, Lucy. I was silent, desperately curious to know, but wasn't going to show it. Lucy, shall I tell you what they said about you? What then? Captain said, and here's Mary's voice changed to sound like a grown-up's. Fancy good little Lucy going all wild like that. There's more in that child than meets the eye. And Lieutenant said, oh, Lucy's got plenty in her. Her teacher says her essays are brilliant. She needs to get away from those grandparents of hers occasionally and start living. That's what they said, Lucy. There's more, but I couldn't remember it all. And anyhow, they turned around and saw me. How silly, I replied rather crossly. I live just as much as they do. But somehow the sparkle had gone out of the day, and all that morning while we ate breakfast and tidied up and swam in the river, I puzzled over their remarks. What was wrong with being good? And what was wrong with my grandparents? And what have I been doing all these 11 years except living? I suppose that they said it because I hadn't done all the things the others had done and because I've never been to the sea. But after all, they've known, they knew nothing about my real life and they'd never even set foot in Eastwood Estate. I felt rather cross all day and they must have wondered what was the matter with me until the delight of the cooking sausages on the campfire drove the whole thing out of my mind but it had stirred up all the old questions. I was different. That night I lay awake for a long time with Mary snoring beside me and listening to the owls and the rustle of the beech trees and tried to remember the face of the tall man who had gone down on all fours. But it was no good. It had gone forever. Monday we will read Chapter 3, A Letter Arrives. I love you, I'm praying for you, and we'll see you on Monday, Lord willing. Bye-bye.